Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV's coverage of 1899. So this is the new show by the geniuses, and I'm going to apologize immediately for the pronunciation of these names, but I believe it's Baron Booda and Jean Tifrise. Uh, they are the masterminds behind arguably the greatest show on Netflix, my personal favorite show of all time, Dark. Um, yes. So this has been, if you've listened to any Bingetown stuff, uh, we are huge fans of Dark. This has been probably one of my most anticipated shows, I would almost say, of my lifetime. Because oh. just like knowing that I yeah. watched Dark and then hearing that it was coming out, it was like, holy shit, this is going to be awesome. I guess just very quick background. So as you can tell from the title of the episode, I hope you read the title of the episode before you clicked on it. We'll be covering episodes one and two for this discussion. So before you continue... Make sure that you've watched both of those episodes um, because we'll start off with just some initial thoughts. We'll talk about the characters because we've obviously been introduced to a whole new cast of characters. There's a decent amount of them. They're all kind of unique in their own ways. And then we'll just kind of let it rip and we'll bounce all over the place of all the, the things that we found interesting, which I'm mm-hmm. sure there's really not a, not a lack of over these two episodes. So I will go last because I just talked a lot. So I'll flip it over to one of you two if you want to give your initial thoughts okay. and we'll go from there. Yeah, let me just reemphasize everything you just fucking said there. This mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. the most anticipated show ever. Um, Dark is my favorite show of all time. The only thing I'm willing to put above Game of Thrones. Uh, and this show has been circled on my calendar. It's been I've been waiting for the day until we can watch this. And the fact that we got some screeners for it, it's like I watched it within like an hour of getting the screeners is basically what I'm trying to say here. We are going to be referencing Dark a lot, but just a disclaimer out there, we will do our absolute best to not spoil anything. But if you haven't seen that show, you should go watch that show right now anyway, because it's impossible to not like it. If you can make it through, it's it's amazing. It's a mind fuck. And that's exactly what I'm expecting out of this show. So we're going to be constantly referencing referencing cinematography styles that they use where there's mm-hmm. always like everything that they're showing has some level of importance and yep. then there's red herrings and there's double meanings and everything and yeah. that's kind of the fun of the show and what i'm promising you is based off dark everything's going to click at one level at one yeah point. and just wait for it because everything is going to click and it's going to be amazing we haven't had on this podcast i don't want to say ever but maybe ever like something this anticipated, but also something this like in depth. We talked about how if we were ever going to cover dark as like a rewatch podcast or a rooks and vets, we were like, I don't know if we can cover not one episode at a time because there's so much to talk about. Now, after podcasting for three years, we know that, you know, Netflix, the way that they want to keep 
dropping episodes is the whole season at once. And to keep up with you guys, we are going to do two at a time, except maybe we'll see if we need the finale to be its own. Who knows? But I don't know. I, I It seems like with eight episodes, two at a time just seems right. It's eight episodes, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So we have a lot. We're, we're all going to be writing a million notes. We're going to be ready to dive deep into this one. I obviously love the first two episodes. I just like Luke said, saw that email come in that we got the screeners and was like, oh, my God, texted the group right away. Luke says he's watching right away. It's it's super anticipated for everybody. We actually have a couple members of the podcast. Unfortunately, I guess it's our fault that haven't seen Dark (laughs) because we've been saying we want to kind of cover it as a Rooks and Vets and they were going to be the rookies. But we're going to have to let them watch it soon, because if we don't Mm -hmm. cover Dark, you know, but this 1899 so far, I am so in. So let's just get started here. Shit, I just will agree, obviously, again, like Luke, with everything you guys have both said, uh, Dark is like the white whale of podcast shows for us. I feel like I'm like, I almost have butterflies just getting to the fact that we're doing 1899. It feels like this is almost like the pinnacle of the podcast. The interviews obviously have been like the greatest thing, but once we're done with this show and if we can ever get to dark, I feel like I could die happy us never podcasting again. (laughs) Um, So it feels fun that we're here. Yeah, but I totally enjoyed these two episodes. It's definitely just like smile later here. Like I just know that these motherfuckers are going to crush me over these eight episodes and I'm going to finish the finale and want to cry and restart it. So like I had said, I guess like about two minutes ago, um, we're going to talk about kind of all the characters and then we'll dive into kind of what happens. So the first real character we get introduced to is going to be Mara. So Mara is just a redheaded badass, I guess is the best way to describe her. Um, She doesn't really seem to have any fear of anything. She has a little bit of a past that we're not sure of. Mm -hmm. She has a little bit of, I'm not going to say mental instability, but she also studies the brain. She's obviously interested in the brain and she has kind of this whole thing of where she's kind of convincing herself that she's not crazy. Um, So I'm very interested to see uh, where we go with Mara and kind of what she gets up to. Yeah, she seems like she also has some kind of PTSD situation going on with her flashbacks and, well, we think they're flashbacks and everything that's going on with her. So, <laughs> continue for now. <laughs> uh, just to add on to that, it's just a great little piece is what you guys are hinting at is those flashes we get. I think it's actually right in the beginning of all of the mental, mental institution kind of things. And mm-hmm. I think we even see the colored beetle there. Yep. But this is just there to add that level of, did it happen in the past? Is It, it can always just be like, is 1899 all in her head? And like you can yep. always have that in the back of your mind. So it's just great mystery plot devices that they're using here. That seems to be where the end of like seasons are going to give us like little breadcrumbs into what's going on there. Because I think Mara is just the face of the show as of now, plus Captain Ike. It's probably those two. And let me yeah. let me pause. Do we have any indication that this is a limited series or a multi-season show? I actually just looked it up to confirm. And apparently they've said that it's like the potential to go multiple seasons, but they haven't confirmed anything yet. Okay. Okay. Apparently um, there was some, some misinterpretation on Instagram and um, one of the creators commented and said that it'll have more seasons than one, but didn't confirm anything on like how many seasons. Okay. Okay. But knowing them, they know. Right. They know the story. They have to know because yep. Dark was like the perfectly encapsulated three story. I would, I mean, three seasons rather. So three seasons for me is like perfect length. Oh, yeah, um, I agree. 
So if we get like two to three seasons, I think that would be perfect. Yeah, just to expand on that a little bit, when they sat down to write the first episode of Dark, they knew the ending. And I'm sure that's the same exact thing here. So like, there's nothing that's going to be left up to interpretation. Like Everything is going to be written out as long as it gets all the seasons to completion. One last quick thing too about Mara. She has these wrist straps. Mm -hmm. So it seems like everything with the psych ward probably happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe not the too distant past. It seems like almost maybe she like that just happened and she's escaping from it because we do get later on that like she can't go back. Right, right. Um, so obviously that will play into something in the future, which mm-hmm. I'm very interested in. Uh, we can just move on, I guess, to the captain because uh, Luke actually had brought him up as he's pretty much the second main character. Anyone who's watched Dark mm. knows this man. He plays a character in Dark. One of my favorite characters from dark he is just when i saw his face on screen like jimmy had you had texted me and said like yep. you were you're basically like almost giving him a standing ovation <laughs> yeah. i just i love this guy um he is a great actor and he just in this show captain he obviously has a little bit of a sad past we do find mm-hmm. out that horribly his wife and children burned alive seems to be his wife's fault uh, that mm-hmm. she did purposely um so it's gonna be Interesting, yet probably also heartbreaking, watching him navigate the grief that he has with whatever the fuck is going on. And that's kind of playing with him almost in that grief. Yeah, uh, I, I had to text you, Kyle. I really did. because <laughs> I And it's funny because I didn't know that you hadn't started yet when I texted you, which I didn't say who it was. I just said yeah. some dark alumni, let's go. But I specifically, we've talked about this a thousand times. Like, I don't look at IMDb. I really didn't know much about the cast besides our boy Alexander Viam, because we talked to him about 1899 when we talked to him about Wheel of Time in The Last Kingdom. A couple other uh, cast members here and there. But I like that everything is a surprise for these kind of shows. So I left it out there. And when he shows up on screen, I was just like, yes, (laughs) let's go. (laughs) He's going to be so fantastic as our lead like mystery um plot driver here uh one thing that just stuck out to me is that his backstory is kind of like leonardo dicaprio in inception right where the wife kind of just kills herself and her kids and it's kind of just haunting him and driving everything he does going forward but he does have this little bit of i don't want to say morality but whatever he's doing he's trying to figure out why the company that owns these ships is being all sketchy so that's a cool part of his personality where he wants true answers and he's not just going to do the easy things and that's always fun and he i don't know if you guys got the vibes here but i was feeling jamie lannister like he kind of looks like jamie lannister with the with the beard <laughs> you know he's got the i like the little gray the white patch, patch thing that he's got yeah, going on. yeah too he's, and the scars the scars always that they were there in dark right that's a good question, actually. I think they might be actual scars. I, I, I Don't quote me on that, but Luke, I, I need to jump in here for a second because it has been so long since I've seen Inception, but did you just mix Inception and Shutter Island in one? No, because in, in Inception, the whole thing is that his wife... But I thought the kids... did I actually? Yeah, because no, the kids aren't... The wife... in, there's no kids in, in Inception, right? The Shutter Island is when she drowns you're, the you're, kids. You're so right, but doesn't the <laughs> wife kill herself in Inception too? She like goes out in the... Uh... Am I just She's thinking of Shutter for... Island? I'm totally just thinking of Shutter Island. Doesn't he kill her in Shutter Island after she kills the kids? And that's oh, why he's that... in the in, in the institution? It's been so long I know. since I've yes, seen both of those movies, yes, unfortunately. Inception... I just keep thinking of... So, so Inception's obviously Talia al Ghul also from The Dark Knight Rises, and she's 
the shit. I loved her when she was in Inception, and I just keep remembering like in his dreams that she's like falling, and and I think she she kills herself. Now you're right. I'm it was pretty Shutter sure Island. Shutter Island. He kills the wife because she drowned the two kids. Yes, 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 so yeah. I'm, I'm looking it up, and yeah, that's exactly what happened. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's it's it's an easy thing to do. Same same actor. Leo, you know, yeah, yeah right. Uh, okay, so we can move on, I guess, from the captain. And now we kind of get into everyone has a little bit of similar standing, but I'll say that we do get a lot more of Angel and oh my god, I'm gonna mispronounce Rem- his name. Ramiro. Ramiro. Yeah, Ramiro. I would say then maybe some of the other families by like maybe a hair. Um, so we can talk about them a little bit. I, I liked their introduction a lot, how Mrs. Wilson, and we'll, we'll get to Mrs. Wilson, but she kind of comments that Angel just looks horny. <laughs> I thought yeah. that that was really funny because she's kind of swagger in there. And he also says something in his first scene that I was thinking about throughout the entire two episodes of he's like, no one here can fucking understand me. It doesn't matter what I say. And they all talk to each other in different languages yeah. all the time. Yeah. I thought that was funny and not frustrating, but it just kind of made me laugh every time they tried to have a combo with each other. I think we should bring up right now, because like you're saying the whole language thing, while we talk about these people, their ethnicities or their yeah, their ethnicities, I yeah. guess, mm-hmm. because it is amazing how true that um, the actors are to whatever they're playing, like dark for those that don't know, is going to be a mostly German show. It's mostly subtitles. They sprinkle some English in there at times. So Captain Ike, who's from Dark, is German, and that's. Perfect. I honestly then, didn't know that he yeah. could speak English. I oh, he really? may be, he may be the one that dubs, or he he might put his own voice in Dark. I have no idea, but I I, I guess we would have to look that up. But when he started speaking English, I was like, oh, okay, cool. And so these guys here, Ramiro and Angel, they're supposed to be from Spain. We later mm-hmm. find out that Ramiro's from, he's Portuguese, so like right. same area. Because I'll bring it up later too, because the Danes are like, we know the Danish actor who plays Tom Marilyn, and he he is Danish and from The Last Kingdom too, so that's cool. Um, but Ramiro and Angel, the problem with doing these type of shows in sprints, like with two episodes, is this would have been a fun conversation to have after episode one of what we thought was going on there. Because yeah. by the middle of episode two, I was like, I had so many good predictions that came true about these yeah. guys. Yeah, me too. But they like get settled by the end of episode two. So not much to say there, but Angel seems like one of the people I hate the most so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that Ramiro in their last scene when it turns hot and heavy uh mm-hmm. kind of nails him a little bit where he's like your mother always says that you just use people he does have that kind of arrogant swagger about him all the time mm-hmm. and he does seem to think that even i mean the young danish kid he almost seems like he not that he sees him as property but it's kind of like that where he's yeah, like it's yeah. it's like an inevitability that he'll get him essentially yeah. just because he wants him they did do a good job of because i don't think i would have gotten to like <laughs> the actual truth between the two of them but i would was definitely thinking that there's no way that Ramiro was actually a priest. I just have like all those weird thoughts in my head at all times. Like I was like, they're banging. I don't know at what point, <laughs> but I have a note that says they're banging on my, on my thing. And Kathleen would probably be proud of me just because she always, <laughs> she always has people banging and, and figures out the relationships <laughs> between them. She, she even figured out the, the actual incestuous relationship in, in a show that I'm not going to say what show is. Cause that's a, that's a spoiler, but we covered it on the podcast. Kathleen <laughs> caught that one, and we were all like, no way. <laughs> she still figured it out. Did you guys get um, another show that we cover here, Peaky Blinders? Angel reminds me so much of Uncle Jack. 
just like the way he looks oh, literally I the can actor see that. his yeah. face looks like but then it doesn't really time up with um because uncle jack's uh, irish but then he's right he's yeah so but they look I, similar yeah they look similar i think so I guess the question is going to be, because this is something that we can speculate about of, and we'll actually probably have to speculate about this Everyone. With, with every character, but like, what is it do we think that they're running from, first of all, because they are worried about going back. Right. I the first time we kind of see Angel flustered is when they see that the ship's turning and he had I, just yeah. got done saying whatever, I'm like, chill, bro. Yeah, like God turned you into a sheep, but he turned me into a wolf, baby. Like, I'm a fucking lobo over here, baby. And then yeah. he, like, looked to the ship turning. He's like, why is the ship fucking turning? <laughs> yeah, I can't so, go back, bro. I can't go yeah back. exactly. So I think that's, that'll be, I, I want to find out about everyone, but. Yeah, I kind of took it like, I don't, again, I don't remember it. I would have to look through my notes. I don't remember at what point. It was kind of early and it was like a not, I, it wasn't a deserved, but it was like me being cynical, just being like, well, not cynical, but just thinking too much, being like, all right, I think that they're probably con men or something, and they're banging. But like, I took it like they're just like criminals, con men maybe or something. And you know, I think that a lot of us would would have guessed that he was pretending to be a priest pretty early. That was an episode one guess, but I did not necessarily think that they were hooking up with each other. That was not on my radar at all. Yeah, and it's interesting with the whole the servant thing. You'd wonder why they would need to hide that. I mean, yeah. it seems like that's something that would, I guess, easily identify them to maybe someone else. Yeah, Angel is the higher class, and Ramiro is the servant, but they're also lovers. Uh, yeah, I don't know, and 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 really, I guess they could still be con men or something, but they're they have to be either busted for something or thinking that they're busted, and that's why they have to get the hell out. Yeah, my only guess is that I don't really know what the political landscape of 1899 was in Spain, but if it was straight up because they are gay, like maybe that's part of the reason. I don't know though. Because- right. I mean, if they were outed or something back then, then yeah, they would probably have to get out. Yeah. But also, are you sure that it's in that is actually in 1899, dude? I'm gonna go with yes. I don't think that they're <laughs> going to go that way. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's we'll my initial we'll take. Get to it. But yeah, I mean, they did make like a point and maybe because it could have been the whole Peter Griffin, like they said it like 1899, yeah, but yeah. they did make a point where right in the beginning to say like October 19th, 1899. And she says, I'm not crazy. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I could definitely see it. But is um, she crazy? I want to nah. go with yes, but also no. <laughs> yeah. I yes would be more fun. Yes would be way more fun. I'll say that. Yeah. She's Unreliable narrator just turns it all all upside down. Yeah, well, we can talk about more when we get to the the Danish family. Um, if we want to just maybe even talk to them next, I guess there's a little bit of a natural bridge there between Angel mm-hmm. and the Danish family. It kind of starts off hot a little bit with this guy. I didn't when um when the brother his name begins with a K. Crusher, Crusher, oh Crusher, Crusher. Okay. I had yeah. it as a Crusher. Yeah, I, I want to say I think I wrote down Crusher as well. Yeah. Okay, that sounds yeah. right. Um, so he kind of barges in in the beginning. And then we get to see that Mara is kind of like the only nice person. We get introduced to that random doctor, Dr. Reginald or whatever his name was. He's still eating his tart, doesn't give a fuck. Mara, being the good woman that she is, actually goes to help them. And then we meet this whole cast of people that are kind of, they're not stowaways. They're just, I guess they're in like economy they're class. They're VIPs. Yeah. yeah, they're they're in economy class like us, stuffed in the back of Spirit yeah, Airlines. Yeah. And we see that his sister, who we find out later, his name is Tove. Tove, uh, mm-hmm. she's pregnant, and at this point, we also we get to see uh, Alexander Viom, who is there the priest. Is. Uh, we get to see their mother. It seems like their mother, who we don't get a name for. They have a little sister whose name is Ada. 
Um, so we kind of get this whole cast of characters, these Danish people that are underneath the ship, separated from all our first class passengers. We have a couple people getting met in this first scene before we even meet the Danish people where, you know, Maura is sitting there by herself. And then we have what's what's this lady's name? I actually she's the one I missed writing down. I believe it's Mrs. Wilson. Yeah. Okay. So Mrs. Wilson comes in, and obviously Moore is not having that. She doesn't want none of that. But this is where we get the in- the information that the doctor's bullshit. You know, she Mrs. Wilson says that like this doctor sucks, and we also get the information that Mora as a woman cannot actually practice. She just studies, and she studies the brain. And Kyle, you brought that up earlier. I believe we've already seen it at one point, but she has the book, the textbook with the brain mm-hmm. that she looks at a lot. Yeah, this was badass, honestly. I, something that I thought about through both episodes, because it is takes place so far in the past, I guess you could say, of like all of the quote, like the technology, like even when she's following Crestor and like the way that she has to unlock the door and like open the door is like so like old school elevator, yeah, like yeah. the way that she just like has to like stick like the tube onto her belly to like listen the medicine. I mean, she does. She works it out. She flips the baby around and it's it was just crazy to think about like that's was like the height of medicine at that <laughs> I, time. Yeah. I mean, and I was I was literally just like the cups on the the stomach and i was like how do you know that's not her heartbeat like I was like, yeah i would <laughs> but, um know. it's also i guess we should be talking about the fact that anchor specifically was not down with more being there you know and and i believe the mother was like that as well right they did not want her there the brother brought the, brought her down ada was was taking a nice little um you know she she enjoyed having more down there. She wanted to talk to her. She said she wants to be a doctor as well. So she was happy she was there. And she was kind of like you talked about it, Kyle. You know, they're talking in different languages, but she seemed to be the translator, but wasn't really because she wasn't actually translating anything. But she mm-hmm. seemed to be the one that they were talking back and forth. But yeah, she's I smart. Mean, yeah. Well, well, she is smart. She was she's smart. Be a doctor she, one day. She was smart. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, she, I mean, Dave, I mentioned a little later when um, in episode two, when her and Ada and Crestor are, she's kind of like helping him kind of like clean up a little bit. And she mentions that she had been in school. Right. Um, and then they weren't going to let her continue school when they got to New York because we learned the family is going to New York to establish a church. Obviously, there'll be more to come. We get Anchor. Um, he is kind of, he's helping everyone pray. He's standing up. They're all praying. So they obviously look to him as some type of leader. Of, uh, of the Danes and the people that are in this economy class. Um, so I'm really interested to see kind of where that goes with him, because we've seen with the, the choices that the captain makes that people aren't really about the choices. So we might get into maybe we're going to start creating factions and a little bit of mutinies and rebellions potentially in the ship. And it'll be interesting to see kind of where Anchor potentially leads all of the, the Danish people and the other passengers in the lower ranks. Got nothing else to add for the Danes. We mentioned a little bit, but Crestor and Angel obviously have this very weird thing going on. It, it was interesting that Tova, when she finds the cigarette container that uh, Angel gave to Crestor, she kind of immediately goes up to the deck and spikes in front of him. Uh, that just seemed incredibly drastic of her. I respect it. She's, she's you know looking out for her brother and standing up to, to Angel, but it was just they yelled at him for going up to the upper decks, and then she just kind of just stormed right up there and did that so she's I'm a interested. pregnant lady you gotta be nice man but Fair. but she also does have this conversation with Crestor where she's like you promised me like you promised yes. me this you know so there's something in their past as well like everyone's got some kind of past we're gonna figure out in the next six episodes after our oh, yeah. first two for sure we talked about her a little bit mrs wilson we don't get so much i would say about her 
but more of the two Cantonese women that are with her Mm -hmm. is kind of the more interesting part about Mrs. Wilson. Um, That was a shock to me uh, that when she went to their door, it was almost like a, like a master servant relationship. And we do find out Mm -hmm. later on that she's essentially pimping out these women, specifically um, the woman who was wearing the makeup. And I got her name because Uh, Ling Yi. Ling Yi. Yes. And I just confirmed that because I trust you. I'm not actually looking uh, at it with my eyes, but I do trust. Oh, yes, Ling Yi. Okay. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, no, no worries. You were correct. So that is not something I expected out of her at all. So I'm I'm interested to see because she's is an enterprising businesswoman. She notices the French guy who we'll talk about probably directly after this. Immediately sees a mark in him. He's not happy with his marriage. Mm-hmm. She settles that. And it seems like she's pushing this exotic little bird. Um, so her and the two Cantonese women, I think, again, they have a past as well. We'll find that out. I'm just I'm very interested in them as well. I wasn't expecting her to be, you know, whatever you want to say, selling them or whatever, because when you first meet them, I thought it was going to be like a secret or a surprise or whatever that she goes to their door. And the fact that they are in some kind of communication that Again, they're together. They're, she is with them and they know each other. And she's saying, you know, tell that one to look a little bit more happy. Like, I just thought that they were like, you know, maybe her stowaways or something. Not necessarily stowaways, but you know what I mean? Like getting them on the ship to get them out of where they needed to be. I wasn't expecting them to be like, quote unquote, like who she's selling until we find that out later when she brings it up to the to the Frenchman. I thought I was tripping when they said Cantonese as like the dialogue she was speaking, I was like, did I, do I just like not remember like what the Japanese culture looks like? I feel like I'm so ingrained in that, that I showed. And then it made sense that she's trying to, she's trying to play herself off as Japanese, even though she's not, which is going to come into some awkward things. I mean, it almost came into an awkward situation with Lucian later, but that's the part that I was like hanging on. I don't really understand how that's going to play a part. It's definitely going to be part of the reason of why they're running, but I don't see how that could, come into play again and mrs wilson just seems like a she just seems like a schemer she's like a tab on every single person it seems like so she might be good for gossip and if she's like an as long as she's not like super anti-mara like she could tell us some good stuff as audience members that i'm sure she's Mm -hmm. gonna she's gonna be fun on screen yeah that's i like that actually thinking about that like a schemer and and then like a source of information but i do wonder she seems she seems too smart to not know that they're not Japanese. Do you think she knows or do you think it's she like a classic? Knows. I think she okay. knows. I think she's part yeah. of that. Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah. They, they do have a quote. The, the older, I would assume she's the older one, the one who's not wearing the makeup, essentially says, we only had to pretend for a little while longer. So again, another group of people, everyone on the ship is desperate to get to New York for one reason or another. Doesn't look like it's working out so swell at the end of episode two. So we'll see kind of what is mm-hmm. the fallout from that. So we can move now to the French couple. We get their names. It's Lucien and Cle- Clementine? Clementine? Clement? Yeah, Clements. Mm. We had Clements. <laughs> There's an S in there, I think. There's a C. It's a C. <laughs> Clements? Clements, maybe? Clements. Yeah. We can go with Clements. I have French girl equals Clements. Clements. <laughs> so whatever. We'll work on it for the next episode. How about that? Um, So we learn, well, Mrs. Wilson tells us that they are honeymooners who obviously seem to have married for the wrong reasons. Then they tell us that they did marry for the wrong reasons. It was some type of arrangement. He is very kind of wired and high stress, it seems. Mm -hmm. They don't have very good sex, which is bad for the the both of them, obviously. But she, I think, is the much more interesting character. Oh, yeah. Um, 
because we get when he tells her like you can drop the act your parents aren't around and he leaves like her face completely changes and she smiles mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. yeah she's gonna well, be awesome i think yeah which is interesting and then she does have an interesting conversation with jerome uh in episode two uh so i think i'm way more excited about her than i am about him agreed how I'm quick so did you guys notice you guys that agree with that wait <laughs> really like- you, no, what, no, you, like, no. Like I, no, I'm saying like I think she's like the most interesting character, and I didn't want you guys yeah. to completely agree. Oh, you, <laughs> you wanted to gatekeep. You wanted to gatekeep Clemens from us, you fucker. Yeah. So, <laughs> how quick or how soon did you guys notice her earrings? Right um, away. Right away. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So I, I really want to know what her deal is. I think Lucian is my least favorite character. Like I hate him the most so far of anybody, even like more than Angel so far. Um, and then she's the most interesting and it's that smirk plus the earrings. And that's yep, all I need yep. to see. Like she literally could be the one that's in on the videos at the end. That's the level of intrigue I'm putting in her off of these little, little scenes. And I have no idea what's going to go on with her and Jerome, but they could bang. Who knows? Yeah. That's <laughs> not the first time that we've had a character's meet for the first time on the show and been like, do I know you? You look familiar. Yep, so I'm yep. very interested to see how that plays out. Well, doesn't look like it's God. going so well for Jerome. We can even jump to Jerome right now because it doesn't look like it's going so well for Jerome the last time we left him. He's part of the team that goes. And I don't. I mean, we're kind of technically skipping all that, but are we, do you want to talk about that part or do you just want to no, talk about no. his ending? I think we should just talk about him as a character. He walks in on o- Olek, right? Yes. Olek, yeah. So he walks in on Olek and he's like, I'm starving, man. I'm not going to do anything. Just give me the bread. Like, I, you know, I didn't know what he was going to be, but it's obvious that he was faking and he was not actually working as a crew member. He's not actually in what what is it called? The room where they're all doing the coal. Maybe just the engine room. We'll call it that. Yeah, the engine room at the bottom. Yeah, yeah he's not the Looks same. Looks like Mordor. He's, yeah, right. <laughs> he's not the same profession, if you want to say, as Olick, but he did come in. Like, when you first see him, he is dirty as hell like he's been in that coal room and maybe that's where he's been stowing away. And then he changes the outfit and then he goes to Olick and then he takes the bread. And then that's where they're found before we jump to when they're going to go on the, the mini ship to, or the mini boat to go over across. Well, I thought that was kind of confirmed because that one first scene you see with Olick when he's all the way up in the, like checking out the what's going on with the coal and he's looking at the picture, he like hears something rattle. And then you don't see what that is. I'm pretty sure that was so. Jerome, that, so that's like, supposed to be Jerome hiding in the coal. I think okay, so. Okay, that's yeah. fine. I, I yeah. like that. I did not catch that, so that's a good yeah, catch. I, I caught the I caught the movement, but I didn't think that that's what it was. But that makes sense yeah. to me now that you're saying yeah. it. That's a good connection. These two guys are just like they're going to be. Honestly, I feel like they're both going to be pretty safe because usually the poor like working class people of these type of mysteries are going to be there for like at least until the end. Um, I think they're just like good variations compared to all these first class people that we have going around the ship, especially Oleg. Cause he seems like not, I'm not going to say he's like one of the main characters, but he is getting a lot of screen time for having almost yeah. nothing yet. We just know he has that picture of the statue of Liberty. He has a dream to go to New York. We're going to find out like about him. Um, maybe he's just him and Jerome squad up and they're just, they, I don't know. I really have no guesses yet. Cause they, we haven't gotten a lot, but we've gotten enough cinematography around them that we know that they're going to play a big part. Yeah, that's a great point in pointing out how often he's been in the show. Yeah. At first, I thought it was going to be the, the two guys that they show, because they do show them first, like, shoveling the coal and mm-hmm. everything. But we do learn, I mean, right. he is, like, the guy that they get to unstick the coal receptor 
machine, whatever you want to call it. Obviously, the captain now has some level of trust in him. He gives him a mission that he can't tell anyone to do. So it seems like maybe he'll be someone that our captain leans on a little bit. Seems very, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he just seems like a good guy, like you said. Mm -hmm. But Jerome, on the other hand, has some bad intentions, it seems like. While Oleg seems very innocent and has good intentions, Jerome's intentions don't seem not bad to me. I just like he is out for something, it seems like. And I'm yeah. just very interested. He sneaks into the French people's room. He picks their lock very easily. And then mm-hmm. he drops that military medal on there. And then once that yep. happened, I was like, like thinking back on everything else that's happened with him. And then we do get the fight. This guy was clearly in the military. Like he seems like a soldier and he could definitely throw some fucking hands. So I'm interested in that. If we're going to talk about that really quick, when he goes into the French couple's room and he drops the military piece you know uh what is it called which is like a star the medal of honor or whatever yeah like a medal yeah like the military medal whatever you want to say puts it on the on the desk and then he hides under the bed and she walks in she sees it and put it puts it back in her drawer right like wouldn't you be like why is that there when we're Mm. watching from under the bed doesn't she just look at it and put it in her and back in the drawer i don't know if i'm honest i don't think i caught that yeah, me neither. The way that she did it made it seem like to me that he like pulled it out of the drawer. It made me second guess what I was seeing because it. my first take was the way you took it where he just sneaks in, breaks in, puts the metal down. She walks in, he hides under the bed. She goes in the other room, he disappears. But then because she just looked at it and put it away, I thought he like pulled the drawer out, took the metal out to maybe be like a, a sign or something to be like, yeah, think about that. You know, to show them something, because, again, he's French, they're French. Then he hid and then he disappeared. But I don't know why she would pull that metal out off the desk and just put it right back in the drawer. And like, wouldn't she be like, where the hell did this come from? That is an interesting question. I don't know. I definitely took it as him trying to, like, leave a message. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I it made me have to rewind. And of course, like an idiot podcaster, I did not rewind. <laughs> I just wanted to keep going. Yeah. You know, it yeah. made me want to rewind thinking that he was sending a message by stealing it out of the drawer and putting it on the table. You know what? That is a perfect way to get some engagement. So if you are listening and you saw that scene and you saw it a certain way, why don't you tweet it at us at Benchtown TV? There it is. Yeah. And let I us know. Like we'll know the answer by the time. Maybe I actually <laughs> ah, rewind. Maybe I who actually cares? did rewind and I do know the answer, but I just wanted to have a cheap plug for Benchtown TV Twitter. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be very sly of you. Um, but I, I think I'm willing to also, even if maybe she did put it away, maybe it's something only that Lucian would recognize. Maybe she just thought he, like Lucian had left it out and just okay. tucked it away. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's meant for him, not sense. for her. And to her, it was right, nothing. Right, 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 right. Um, okay, so. Nice character here? Yeah, if you want to, you know who it is, because I don't, <laughs> I can't think of anyone um, on the top of my head. Well, I was just going to say it's definitely worth just, we don't have to talk specifics because his scenes are very plot centric. Um, But Daniel, I want to talk about this new guy, Daniel, who doesn't really get introduced until the last two two or three scenes of the first episode. Um, But this guy's just a creeper. He looks like he's the one that controls this colored beetle. Mm That seems mm -hmm. to be a very important piece of this show. And I don't want to talk too much again because we don't have a lot to talk about yet. But this guy is definitely like just right now antagonist number one in my head because especially with the oh, yeah. little danish girl thing that happens yeah he's got that look to him he's got a great classic like he's not overly villainous like not cartoonly villainous but i'm really mm-hmm. excited I, I think he's gonna come out with like he seems like he has good potential for monologues 
Like he's going to hit us with some type of like villainous philosophy that like I'm kind of going to be like, oh, you know what? Like he's kind of got a point there. Like I don't like him. I don't fuck with him. But my man has a point. That's the vibe. He knows the most about what's going on for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He um, is the other one where we hear what you were discussing, Kyle, when you said Mora says, do I know you? You look kind of familiar. She says that to him. Yeah. And he says no. And we do find out that... some of my theories, but we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah, okay. I have a theory, but I feel like it's only because of dark. <laughs> not, <laughs> dark yeah, right. not because that's the not the dark w- is the answer, but I'm just saying the way dark went in the the way their storytelling go- storytelling goes, it makes my brain just like oh. think of weird shit. <laughs> All of good, my though. theories are dark based. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Um, okay, so I guess at that point we've kind of given a decent rundown of everyone, at least to my satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we obviously didn't get to everything about everyone, but now we can kind of talk more about potentially plot things. Right. Um, overarching plot things. So we, I feel like we've kind of touched on a lot of like the interpersonal potential conflicts mm-hmm. that are there, but now we kind of really want to talk about the mystery. That's kind of why we're all here. That's what's yep. going to keep us going. Before we get into the first thing, though, we definitely let's just do it right now and talk about that trippy title sequence because wow, yeah, they, baby, let's they go. went all out with it. That yeah. destroyed House of the Dragons title sequence, in yes. my opinion. It looked so cool. It but in awesome. my opinion, I think Dark's. I like Dark's song better, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, agree. I agree. I yeah. agree. Yeah, I was a little not jarred, but I was shocked of how like like modern I would say the song sounded. The end epi- of each episode of the first two end it with like a modern riff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The dark mm-hmm. one was like a piano and like a girl singing softly about some weird shit, and that was kind of like <laughs> really fit. Like, oh fuck, this show's weird. And this it's freaking me out, man. Yeah, this one didn't give me that feeling, but I, not a big deal. Yeah, visuals are great though. All right, so I guess it's gonna be a little tough to kind of get us going, maybe. But essentially, I guess like overarching background, we are on a ship called the Severus. And the ship, the Prometheus, has been missing for four months. We get this weird message that's coming to us. We find out that it's coordinates, just over and over and over again. Coordinates, coordinates, coordinates. Captain, what is it, Ike, right? Ike? Yes. The he captain being, is yes, what his name captain. is. the captain. Being the good guy sends us over to the ship, and now he makes a decision to go onto the ship, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I, I, we can kind of just take it from the beginning of that decision. Almost, he kind of gets a squad together, and <laughs> Mara immediately volunteers. I just thought it was really funny how, of course, when they find the ship, it's nighttime. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. It would have been so much shit. better, yeah, if they found it like yeah. right at sunrise. They have a whole day of light to explore it, but yeah, naturally, yeah. it's it's nighttime. So uh, we end up actually losing some people from the original rescue squad, and we gain Oleg and Jerome at that point. Well, for me specifically, when we first see the coordinates, I just whenever I think of, you know, we're talking about 1899, whether it's definitely that time period or not, whatever. We don't need to get into that now. But old times thinking about how terrifying it seems to just be on this boat going, you know, after, you know, the Prometheus disappears and having these coordinates just going over and over and over and over and over again and being like the captain and the ship crew being like, are we going to go to these coordinates? Really? Like we're going, we're actually doing that. And mm-hmm. side note, I just kept thinking of lost when this was happening, yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> but really? yeah. So I was just like, this is ominous as hell. These coordinates just over and over. You don't know. It doesn't say it's the Prometheus. It doesn't say help. It just says the coordinates. That was something yeah, I didn't think about when the captain comes and tells everyone when 
Angel's like, well, they didn't ask for help or anything, right? And I immediately obviously agreed with the captain, like, we should go. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Let's yeah, go to the yeah. coordinates. And then he said that, and I was like, oh, that is a great point. They totally didn't ask for help or anything. It's way creepier when he says that than it then just like kind of sending out the coordinates. It's also, though, very interesting that his clap back at some point is, listen, this company that we're using uses a certain type of communication and that's how we know it has to probably has to at least most likely be the prometheus and that is why i am going because it's what was it seven hours away mm-hmm. and he said that only something like the prometheus in this technology that we use for our company could reach us so yes we don't know it's the prometheus but we have a good chance or a good idea that it is so me being the good guy that i am i'm going this is going to connect to this but let me just get this little thing out because this is how a lot of my theory talks and anytime I'm making comments about time fuckery, it's coming from that. So for those that don't know about dark again, I'll try not to harp on this too much, but you find out pretty quickly. It's like a time show. It's like a time travel kind of show. So a lot of the theories that we're probably going to be coming up with, especially because of how the first two episodes have already gone with like the triangle, like time, like we're going to be connecting a lot of our guesses to, is this like in the past? Is it in the future? Are we seeing like a right. loop of people again, just until we get more information? Um, So there, there's that piece of it. And I'll say something right after this next piece. And I don't know if it's like done explicitly, but this is obviously just screaming Bermuda triangle mystery, right? Bermuda triangle oh, yeah. vibe, oh, like yeah. even the symbol that's on the earrings and then the, the floors and like, that's just Compass like the whole and... thing. So everything's going to be like that. When we found out about the name of the ship, like Prometheus versus Cerberus, like I was trying to like, see, like, is there any way like the Prometheus, if you scratch off some pieces, like with rust over time, it says Cerberus or something like that, you know, where it could be right, right, right. the Cerberus in the future that's or the cool. past. I, like oh, I can't, I, I'm guy. looking at it wow. right now, bro. I can't do it. I really yeah. can't do it. You have um, the words written out right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you, <laughs> one of the if you first take, things I did. If you take Prometheus and you just like erase it and start using other letters, you get Severus from there. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's <laughs> that's a good way to get there if you want. <laughs> but of course, um, like that's that's part actually of really it. cool though. I like that, Luke. Right, like that's that's what I'm going to be guessing all the time. Like I'm going to be guessing like is this little boy Daniel? Yep, that's like, what I, that was mine. Yeah, okay, yeah, like yeah. It, like all these little things, but. Like something that you find out right off the get before the title sequence even comes is like you see the Mara visions. I think you find out about her brother here already, right? Like she says, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. she doesn't know if it's or she she does know it's from her brother, right? Like the letter. Well, that she's says, assuming what's lost will be found. It does right. say your brother on it. It does, but she does, she says to it later, like I'm assuming it's him. Does she say he's supposed to be dead or he's just missing? I thought he she's, was on the ship. He was on the Prometheus, yeah. Okay, well, she says that she thinks she she says, I think he he's on the Prometheus. Yeah, that's what she says. That's her actual line. So. And okay, that's going to be a big baseline for just everything surrounding her and her motivations and like even connecting to Captain Ike, because I think he also has a letter from the brother. But we don't yep. find out until episode two that he doesn't know who it's from. Right. Like right he's just right. getting the letter. And I was under the impression that she was holding her mouth shut about like, oh, my brother was on there and they were going to connect the dots like and he knew her, but it's not the case. So whatever her brother is 
however he comes into play, like I originally thought Daniel was the brother, but then when they see each other and says it's it's that's ruled out right away because she obviously would have recognized her brother, even if it was slightly right. in the future or the past, however, however it is. But um, the reason I just wanted to clear that up is because I feel like a lot of the times we're, we're theory talking, it's going to be around the Bermuda Triangle time travel and just like right. stuff like that. And to what I was saying with me thinking that the same exact theory you did, Luke, whereas like is Daniel the little kid in the future or the past or however you want to say it. I thought of that because she says, you look familiar. Do I know you? And I was thinking mm -hmm. maybe she's looking with, at the little kid and being like, oh, he looks familiar because it's like the older version of him. Mm, but, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, and also, I do want to bring up the fact that, like Luke said, it's not a spoiler to say that dark does all this time travel kind of stuff or, you know, it deals a lot with time. We talked about how freaking phenomenal this show is, and they are one of the best shows and, and movies that have used time travel and made it make sense with no plot holes. So you can trust that this is going to be fine if that's what it is. Also, I have one more thing that I want to say about the brother, Luke, and I, I think this actually might be something we need to talk about that could mess with what you're saying is I honestly do think that she doesn't know that he was definitely on the Prometheus because her line is he's been missing and I think he was on the Prometheus like I okay. think he went on the Prometheus because like you were saying wouldn't she have been like rushing around that ship being like where's my brother where's my brother mm. like if, if she thought he was definitely on there I feel you like said, she also wants to keep it on the down low like why wouldn't she also like, I feel like she has a little bit of relationship with the captain. And when he gives her or shows her that he has a letter, I feel like she's trying to keep her yeah. bro everything I mean, about her brother on the DL. And Luke, yeah, you no? just said that, like her not running around looking for him could just be like, I want it to be on the DL and trying to keep my cool about it. But I just think that she's not positive that he was that he was on there. And I might just be reading into that differently. Again, homies, if you're listening Bingetown TV, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you want. Hit us up. Let us know. Yeah, this yeah. will get onto YouTube. So if you're yeah, watching on YouTube. Yeah, on the comments. Yeah, <laughs> comments are nice too. And also, I, I just, I guess, just to bring up the quote, since we're talking about this, when what the letter says to her is that I found out what our father did. Meet me in New York. Don't trust anyone. Which is BTA, like. BTA, baby. <laughs> which That's is my motto. In that vision, she says father, like the shadowy figure that you don't really see. She says father. And then also the room number that she's getting tortured in is the same cabin number that she has yeah, on the ship, which yeah. is which goes back to the is everything going to be in her mind, which right. if they uh, do make it that I'm sure that they're going to make it satisfying good. and work. For yes. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I just took it like the brother and the sister were experimented on by their father. Is that how you guys took it? Or I would say that that seems like yes. <laughs> and this is not like a. Not like a backhanded compliment, but that seems like the easiest kind of conclusion to jump yeah, to. Yeah, no, no, I, I yeah, know yeah. exactly what you're saying. Like, that's, yeah. that's the, yeah, yep. Yeah, and I don't that's trust, line. yeah, I don't trust what they want me to think. Like, I'm right, thinking right, that, right. and I don't trust it because I know these motherfuckers, and that's too easy. I would be very interested to see her reaction if she sees the bug, the beetle, because that's in the flashback or the flash that we see. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the reason why I was thinking she was being experimented on and her dad has something to do with this entire thing. And even Daniel, um, you know, I don't know if he worked for the dad or, you know, a million different things. And we don't even need to get into that. But her seeing the bug would her reaction would be very interesting because that she does show, see the bug. like when they go onto the ship, does she, she? she sees the bug, right? She follows it the leads bug, her to the boy, leads her to the little boy who's locked in the cabinet. 
when they fur when they when they board the Prometheus. Oh, that's right. That's right. I thought that yeah. She, okay, yeah, cuz I took that I was taking that like she was um No, no, that's true. Okay. Yeah, I, okay, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Cuz I was taking it like she was halluc she thought she was hallucinating just like the captain mm. was hearing his do- his his daughter. Yes. But it no, seems I like there's something with the bug that will trigger something cuz it does seem again like uh or me, I mean, is it the bug? Because he also grabs, and this is obviously we're talking about now when they're on the ship, when they actually board the Prometheus, because he grabs that little like thing, like the wrist wrap or headband. Yeah, that, or, was his, yeah. that was literally his daughter's. Yeah, so I can't tell if like, is the bug just her and his is the the wrist? Like, I'm just interested in, that's just throwing it completely out there. He also sees the bug and it goes, but it's just interesting. Well, Ada follows the bug to her death. Yeah. And, you know, like the problem with the bug, which is hilarious to me, is Daniel swam. Yeah, he had to have swam, right? From from Prometheus to our boat. I sure. mean, he didn't, ha- they would have seen another boat, like a mini boat. So that bug in his pocket, that thing made it. That thing made it. He was clinging on for dear life. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I Like, I was taking it like, and no, I, I mean, I probably shouldn't have taken it like that Um, now that we know that the bug technically is actually leading other people and not just Mora. but i took it like later he says this boat there's something going on with it i heard my daughter like shit's happening i even saw her like i took it like it was like a hallucination just bringing her to the little boy like the the bug but it is what it is that's another thing we'll have to figure out is there anything we missed in episode one that we need to bring up because i feel like we did cover like 99 percent of it just in character talk i'm just reading through the real quick and the the biggest part is gonna end up being kind of just them on the ship um and then i guess they do have the conversation like mara and the little boy are now but that's still on the ship so yeah the ending, yeah, of, I mean, the ending of episode one is just them looking around the ship we didn't bring up that find the little boy in the cupboard and then we get to see who we find out later is daniel he climbs up on that little observation deck quote unquote where they left from like the, mm-hmm. the lifeboat drop down point and then the little boy unwraps that pyramid and hands it to mara and that's kind of everything for the most part that yeah. happens because the, like right the like only, the they find the telegraph machine that's busted mm-hmm. which is also an interesting thing because like how are the the signals getting sent out it's well like, i i took that like daniel smashed it and then jumped off the boat and mm. swam over but it's a long swim man he's it is did not even a serious comment i'm just it's a comment and a question to you two of mm. when they're like squatting up to get off of the lifeboat and onto the ship and he tells Big Beard, I put him in my notes as Big Beard, the ball guy with the Big Beard. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Where he's like, you stay and wait. And if we're not back in an hour, like, go get help. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, I would almost rather go onto the ship. No, I would too, dude. Then sit. Yeah. Then just sit on this boat, just floating in the middle of the dark ocean. I mean, like, the, the other boat is like right there, but I would not want to just twiddle my thumbs for an hour. Well, the other spending. thing that's hilarious is, is the captain literally goes, Oh, like get up there. And he literally just jumps on the ladder and starts climbing. I'd be like, dude, you go first, man. But I <laughs> yeah, mean, this also nuts. does foreshadow like the mutinous situation. You know, he's pissed that Jerome gets to go and he doesn't meaning big, big, bald beard guy. You know, he's, he's upset that he's saying, I've been working this boat for 12 years. I, I rank higher than him. And Jerome too, like he doesn't take any shit, man. Like the guy starts being like, no, get back here. And he's about to throw down. So it's, it's, it's definitely the foreshadowing of the boat or the crew not being too happy with uh, the captain. And we get to that too later when he says they're turning around. To me, it was just like an expert level setting pilot 
of, of a mystery like this. And that's pretty much what I texted you guys after. It's just like you get all of these players, you get just enough amount of mystery, you get just these trickles of visions and these symbolisms and red herrings all over the place. I was just so ready to go and I thought episode two was significantly better and I liked episode one a lot. Mm-hmm, so we mm-hmm. could talk about that. But the only thing I want to bring up that I think might be worth mentioning that we didn't talk about is which we didn't get anything in episode two about either is Lucien, the French guy has a moment when he, after the all hands on deck meeting, like that happens in the middle of the episode, he runs out and then reaches for like meds and he's like starting to shake. So I don't know yeah. how that comes into play or if that's going to like matter that much, but just something to note. Yeah. I think he also almost more than anyone else, maybe not more than anyone else, but he's again, someone that like is desperate to get to New York. Like mm-hmm. they said, they're yeah. going to stop and he's like freaking out. Cause maybe, like you said, maybe he only has a limited supply of, uh, of Tommy Shelby opium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess the, the Shelby business unlimited isn't, uh, isn't in business at this point. Cause yeah. we're, pre, we're pre-World War One, or are we? Who knows? Or are we? Or are we? We're going to leave episode one, I guess, in a little bit of the rear view and try to jump into kind of big plot mysteries that get introduced to us in episode two to throw it out there as a bone to kind of chew on and, and maybe lead to other things. Just the beginning of episode two. Yeah, yeah it's it's like a dream, but it's a dream inside of a dream where Inception, dude. Yeah, it's like he wakes up in the forest and now, you know, we get the fl- not even a flashback, but the house is engulfed in flames and he's mm-hmm. calling after his family. And then he gets woken up by Mara saying, wake up, right? Not in the room. So I thought that was very interesting as well. Why is he hearing Mara's voice too on top of his daughter's voice? And then we get to the thing that the compass is kind of going haywire. So I don't know if that kind of Damn. set anything off for you guys actually- or. That did. That actually triggered something in my head right now is like, what if they're all just straight up uh, just mental patients in an asylum and like the cabins are the rooms. Again, yeah, but the cabins are the rooms. Mara's leading the escape to get out like with the help of her brother and like she's trying to get the captain on board. Like, wake up. Let's go. We got to get out because that's that was just that would be that would be crazy. (laughs) I mean, so I mean, that goes back to the point where like her going back to her room. Oh Jesus! Nice, Ooh. nice squeak there, baby. Let's go. Uh, her going back to her room is the same room number in her flashback of like the whatever it is, the yep. mental institution. I took it like it was where her father was experimenting on her, or whatever it is. We could talk about that too because we get in a little bit. We get to a little bit of a mystery of the the panel at the bottom of his of the under his bed, yep. the captain. But that is cool. I mean, I don't know. If it's that, it has to have some kind of twist on that because I feel like they wouldn't do full on Shutter Island. I mean, it's right. only Leo's character that's believing he's not in the uh, mental institution. But that's a cool idea. I didn't really think of it that way. Whoa. But also, if we go to the end <laughs> and, you know, jumping ahead with like the video screens, it's mm, like they're being watched even more the, in the yeah. institution. But I feel like that that is almost like now now that you're saying it almost like what Kyle was saying where it's like a straight line that we're, are we really going to figure out the whole show in, in two episodes, yeah. but like, it's crazy. It's really and that's, crazy. That's so great that you bring up that. I said that cause I was just going to say that it seems too easy. Like it's, it's too simple that they are just almost all on the boat, just heading to New York. 
and then they oh, happen right, and then right, they right. happen upon the ship you know that yeah. seems too easy and they all meaning all the main characters need to get yeah. out yeah yeah exactly they need to be away from where they are <laughs> these motherfuckers <laughs> now i'm getting even more like lost vibes like what if it's just purgatory or some shit like that like this oh my god well you know so they won't do that because people will freak out if they do that one but it's similar yeah. it's, it could be something like yeah. that but yeah it's funny that like when i say that seems to throw in a bone straight line like kyle said I mean that to people like us. There's the casual viewer Fair. can watch this show right now and not even think twice that it has anything to do with a mental mental institution the way you did, Luke. But because we dive deep and we're podcasters about TV shows, you say that and I'm going, "Oh my god, you're freaking right, dude. This is like yeah. simple. How did I not know that?" <laughs> it's so it also it's right there. Yeah, it's right in front of my face this entire time, dude. It also kind of reminded me just the scenes where like we're walking the hallways and going to our rooms and stuff and it just I'm in the middle of watching, I just started White Lotus season two last night. Uh, it just reminds me of that, of like all the crazy shit going on inside the hotel. And like, there's a lot of scenes of right, people right. just like walking like out of their rooms, down the hallway, passing other people in the hallway, going somewhere else. And then mm-hmm. they coming back to their rooms and, you know, people are fucking around in their rooms and like them coming back is always like, you I'm know, get your heart think, rate going a little bit. And I'm literally trying to think right now who the non VIPs could be if they're in an in- institution, you know what like I mean? Who would like be the ones running, that are actually like part of up. the workers. No, no, the, the Danes that are in the, the non VIPs, like the ones that aren't allowed oh, to freaking uh, walk around. Are they like the mur like the murderer? people that <laughs> yeah they're gonna <laughs> get the, lobotomized are they the, are they the oh wow like, that's such a good point where he's like yeah like you can't come up here but even the captain says to mara when he's like there's rules on the ship and you know like you can't break them or whatever right, and then she be down there yeah and she questions him of like who made the rules and who are they for right and yeah that could just be to create order on the ship but also if we're gonna take this you know asylum theory if we want to string it out to everything that we've seen that would also be an interesting thing and last thing i'll say on this asylum stuff maybe not even connected to that this could be its own thing i, I see what, her room number and it's 1011 right one zero one one yep to me that just like sticks out as like computer language braille could it be right, either right, right, right. as something as meaning letters in some way i i don't really know i was just saying that because i feel like it's not enough digits for it to actually be a word or anything like that yeah just something it's I, the, obviously the, important though yeah the room directly above her is the french couple right that was the two the two 2011 that was when jerome broke in that was them right I do believe so. Yes. Yeah. Sounds okay. Right. And then next to her is Daniel. Yes. He he takes up residence in ten right. thirteen, which again, I mean, I God, we can just go all over the place, and we have been, which has not been a bad thing. But with ten thirteen, him just like taking that room goes right to uh, when the captain is speaking to the first mate, and he's like, "There's something going on," like because he's like, "That's forty five thousand tons of like seaworthy steel." And, you know, this route is the only other route and we don't have full cargo and the cabins aren't all taken. And like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, he could literally just go on and just take a cabin. This yeah. is this is probably even more tinfoily than I'll bring it than, to me. No, no, it's not even that good. I was just going to say uh, I was going to say it earlier. But <laughs> when, he, when you see Daniel and he has the trench coat, he reminded me of the captain's outfit, you know, that he wears. And I was like, well, is he the captain of the other ship? I don't think they would recognize each other because it's not like have a water cooler that they can hang out and talk, yeah. to, talk, you know, talk to each other at the company when they're not on their ships. But because when I saw the captain, he had like trenchish coat kind of thing with the with the collars popped. I 
made a note of it. And then Daniel has one that looks just like that with the collars popped. And I was like, all mm-hmm. right, well, maybe he's the captain of the other of the other. Fair. He also I like that. Um, idea. Yeah. The captain also mentions that there was they mentioned that it used to be, I guess, the German company. And then an English company bought them, but kept the German staff. And the captain kind of mentions that there was a strike. So I don't, I mean, that might come into play. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe he was, the, Daniel was the captain and they just had never met him because, right. you know, they changed the ownership and maybe some people did get shuffled around and who knows, who knows. It could be anything. But he seems so, like he has a higher calling than just being a, a ship captain. I was saying the captain of the Prometheus, meaning he's yes. part of whatever that, yeah, whatever that weirdness is. If you're the captain of it, then you're definitely higher up on Fair. whatever the company's doing with the sketchiness. Let's transition this into talking a little bit about the boy, because that's the name of episode two is the boy. Mm-hmm. And I think Daniel's main goal is either something to do with Mara or something to do with the boy. Those seem to be like the only two uh, leading theories right now, especially because the boy is posted up in Mara's room, 1011. First, I would exercise this motherfucker. I would kill him in two seconds. I wouldn't even. <laughs> I I literally Holy wrote shit. down that little kids have such a higher capacity for creepiness. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like crazy. Bro, when he grabs her fucking yes. arm, I'm yep, popping yep. you right in the fucking face. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, my God. And literally, I'm telling you right now, the way that they had that shot where he's super quick and then makes the face at her. I was like, whoa, dude, this kid's creepy as hell. Yeah. If and then when, not already creepy enough. When she's looking through her, his jacket in the beginning of it, in the beginning of episode two, and she finds the little ring in the coat pocket or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she leaves the room and he immediately opened his eyes. It's like yep. this little fucking rat was just awake yeah, the whole dude. time. So what was that? What do we think about the ring? It was Daniel's when he's, point? when he's older in the future. <laughs> Does he have a ring? Does he have a ring? No, I'm just saying like, it, it looked like a ring that would only fit an adult, obviously. So I'm saying it's an adult range. Yeah. And she interrogates him too. And she's asking, obviously this is over multiple scenes, but like, like who put him in the cupboard? Like someone, he had help to continue with the idea of the boy and him being kind of creepy. I really like the scene with Olek and the other coal shovelers where they're kind of speculating on what the deal with the little boy is and everything. And they're like, where'd everyone go? And when the guy's like, maybe it was wolves. And he's like, yeah, right. where the fuck would there be wolves on this ship? Yeah. He's like, well, maybe there was one giant wolf. He says, maybe the boy is the wolf. Yeah. yeah. And that immediately like, okay, that was a line that was put there on purpose. Like yeah, there's we're, something we're playing werewolves here, dude. We're playing the game <laughs> yeah, werewolves. Pretty much. But, but I mean, I was laughing because the first thing that the guy says isn't, why would there be werewolves on the ship? It's there's not enough werewolves to kill a thousand people. <laughs> or I'm saying werewolves. Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> there's not enough wolves to kill a thousand people. And then he says, mm-hmm. well, what if it's a really big wolf? It's like, <laughs> what is going on right now? <laughs> well, they're just they're just shoveling coal. They probably didn't have much schooling. Yeah. <laughs> but that line was I for me was definitely put in there purposefully. I oh, just yeah. I love that image of the boy obviously not being a wolf, but like clearly having some involvement in the disappearance of the passengers and it seems now super obvious yes and the way that the captain reacted after he wakes up from the visions and just sprints into mara's room he was asking all the right questions he chokes him out and like puts him on the wall he's like what was going on here tell me what happened to the passengers blah blah blah, like talk he was asking all the right questions and that's exactly how i would have treated this because he can clearly (laughs) there's 700 languages on this ship someone can speak whatever he is like, let's just get some words out of him. So Mara, of course, being the main character that doesn't want the audience to know information, stops him, basically, or like kind of guilts him into feeling yeah. bad about that. 
Yeah, she says it herself. Like, she doesn't even know if he can understand her language. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't give anything. So we have no idea. German, English, Danish, whatever it is, we have no idea. He just keeps he giving, pointing all, to the dude. pyramid. He knows everything. The pyramid yeah. little thing. That's going to be so important. So right before the captain kind of barges in and asks all those questions, he has another vision scene, I guess, when he's kind of walking through the hallways. Like that door just creaks open. Naturally, he goes in, I guess, because the plot has to progress, but you would never fucking catch me going in that fucking door. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and I just, <laughs> I like how like the song keeps playing to him and that's when he gets him to do weird shit. And I like that in the subtitles, it says uh, an eerily jaunty song. <laughs> it's just like a funny little description of the song. I don't know what to think of this fucking scene of where he goes through and it like it glitches and he's with his family and it's clearly like he doesn't have a connection with his wife so much as his one daughter, Nina. Right. And that seems important at the same time. I'm not really sure what to think of this. So I mean, we have, he is shutter Island. He is the, the one for one shutter Island. Like, so what's going yeah, on, so. it's important to note that when he moves in the hallucination, he's moving on the ship. Because when he pops out of the hallucination, he has done some movement on the ship because that's how we get to the tunnel that gets him to under his cabin. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking when I see the tunnel and him crawling through that tunnel, I was thinking of dark. (laughs) You know, it is crazy that we're having this Prometheus situation and the daughter's ribbon that we see in the hallucination is physical. And that's another, maybe another thing going to the whole, you know, it is a mental institution and he still has that from his daughter and, and that's just showing up in his hallucination and it, but it is physical that he has in the institution. You know, I don't know how much we want to keep pushing that, but I mean, it, it is obviously very important that he's somehow finding something physical from his dead daughter that had nothing to do with the Prometheus. Cause at first I thought that his wife was Nina. And then, Me like, too. The, yeah, then the wife stands up and is like, I'll go warm up dinner. And then they have like an actual conversation. He has an actual conversation with Nina. I like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd maybe not like, but I thought it was interesting the line where she says that she's tried to talk to the mom about like how, and I'm butchering this paraphrase, but essentially like it's almost like the song, um, the song Brandy or whatever from Gardens of the Galaxy, where like you can't wrangle someone who's in love with the sea. Like he always has to leave and come back. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, that seems to be maybe building up a level of guilt for him. Right. Like he kind of forced, not forced her, but like he played a role, obviously, in her killing herself and the children. Nina and that, says the shadows go away when you're home. You know, yeah. they get they get worse when you leave. And that, yeah, like you were saying, it's you can't wrangle somebody back in. You just got to hope that they'll come back to you. Yeah. So that, I think that's just they're putting interesting, putting kind of putting that idea in our heads. I'm just kind of interested to see where that goes further. And then just to kind of connect we were talking about the little boy and then we kind of jumped to now the captain getting us to that the outburst that he has which we all agree and luke especially that we should have just been popping that little boy <laughs> and, and letting, letting the captain get after it but more obviously steps in but did we mention that daniel and the boy make eye contact no, no but i definitely wanted to because when he's creepy as hell daniel is always just waiting at her door and he has yeah. something to say and she literally always is not rude but she just responds real quick and says get out of my face con and just goes in her room and when she cracks the door they look at each other that has to play a role they're from the ship man so they have something i I want to know if they're working together or not 
you have to think of it in like two ways. Is it he didn't want the little kid to get to the other ship and that's why he locked him away? Or is it just a piece of the puzzle where he locked him away on purpose so Mora can find him and bring him over to the ship and they're working together? I mean, there's two ways to go about it. It's <laughs> They're working together for sure because the beetle is what leads them to the boy and he can right. and Daniel controls the beetle. We've seen but, that like three times now. But then again, he had the beetle when he gets on to the ship. Is there more than one beetle? It seems like there has to be. Yeah, okay. Well, either way, I don't think it changes that it's like a tool for him somehow. Yeah, no, right. It just seems like every time he uses the beetle, he takes it out of his pocket, uses it, puts it back in his pocket. The one with Mora is, is one of the only ones where it was used where we don't think he was actually on the boat. Maybe it was the little oh. boy's beetle. Ooh, I like it. Like they're competing beetles. Like they, yeah. Yeah. It went, I mean, it, <laughs> I like went, it did lead right back to him, so maybe it was going back to him. Yeah. And it's also funny because the boy doesn't talk, so he just like bangs once on the door, and then everyone's like, "Oh Jesus!" And yeah. then they open the door. It's like he's not saying help, of course. He's not banging multiple times. Let me out. He just bangs like once or twice. And, and it's also, I think, a little it's bastard. An interesting angle too of Mara is obviously taking the role of taking care of the little boy. She's kind of doting on him a little bit. We do find out, I believe it's in episode one, that she can't have children. Yes. Oh, so I'm interested in that dynamic as well. Oh, now it's another flashback. Yeah. You know, Ada so, asks her and she has a little flash and says, I can't have kids. Yeah. And I mean, just going again with the asylum, like what role, like is Daniel, like, like the head orderly? Like what is, like, what do you think his role and a little boy? Like what are. I'm going to sucker punch now. <laughs> and what, yeah. And what's the point? <laughs> like that. And what's the point of like killing someone? What's the symbolism of Ada being dead in a mental institution? by daniel because he says like i'm so sorry and then she dies lobotomy pop i'm trying to think of like th things that i would be the most upset at and i don't think i'll be upset at all about this tv show but like if there's any type of like vr simulation yeah. stuff i think that would be that right now feels like the worst answer i agree with that because when you're in a mental in institution the people believe it's real the hallucinations they're seeing where you know if they think they're on a boat and it's 1899 they believe they're on a boat and it's 1899 i feel like those conversations like more is she in vr like how do you like fake her out that much by vr yeah i think that's that would be one of i think the worst answers for me but obviously there's way more episodes left for them to play it out and i'm just also just interested too that like we said the boy doesn't talk that plays into the fact that Mora just doesn't shut up around him. I feel like she's spilled all of her beans to this little boy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't know, maybe he'll use that information maliciously. Or maybe he already knew it about the brother and the envelope. And the envelope has the symbol on it and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we also, Luke, you brought up him grabbing her hand, but we didn't say why. And it's because she moves his hair and that's where the symbol shows up tattooed behind his ear. There's some fuckery going on here. Like clearly, like, is it, is, I'm all in and I didn't think of it. I thought of it one, one, I think it was Jimmy that said it. Like, I think Daniel and the boy are working together now because I mm -hmm. do think it's too red herring and like, unlike the writers to make it where they're one, where they are the same person. I just don't think we're going to go that route. I think it's hot, way more likely that it's something to do with like a mental institution than to just kind of copy and paste some of the dark formula, whatever they got going on. I think like, yeah, I totally think that they're on the same team now. The best part's going to be in six more episodes. It's going to be episode eight. And we're going to go, dude, 
How hilarious were those theories that we thought were fully yeah. right by episode yeah. two of this show? <laughs> I can't wait for you yeah, to be like, just like they're actually there a hundred percent. There's like yeah. no actual mystery, like just something crazy like that, like completely <laughs> subverting every expectation we had. Luke had mentioned this too earlier that they're the symbols on the floor in the carpet and that beyond the actual ending of episode two i feel like that was the second most like what the fuck scene yeah. when that happened mm-hmm, it was very mm-hmm. casually done he just puts the beetle on the ground and i was like the, the symbol yeah i mean so, the symbol being around i just think the weirdest one right now is still the french girl i still want to know why she wears those earrings and if sure. she's a part of it but the carpet was crazy and obviously the the mini secret passage under the bed has the carving on it. And even going in there, it was like marble. Wasn't he like grabbing it, like feeling at it, and it was marble? Yeah, it didn't seem like like hastily scratched in with like a butter knife. And of course, you know, we have people knocking at the door and he's like, oh shit, I have to go up there and Oleg's going to sandbag me here. But, you know, I want to know what's in there, man. That's sweet. Well, my current guess is now, because like you see the symbol on the carpets, like I, I just think the symbol is basically the equivalent of the the company ownership of these two ships and yeah. maybe at some level clementine <laughs> clementine whatever her <laughs> name is <laughs> yeah i think she could be she, the gift part, shop. she could be part of the family ownership of the of the company like she could be involved in like owning it. like this could all, yeah. if this is all part of something like like at the end when we see the screens i think she could totally be in on it more i think she's a higher chance of being in on it than almost anybody else yet. Yeah, and Lucian does say to her, the husband, where he's like, no one's watching. Like, you can drop the act. Like, your parents right. aren't here. I mean, turns out people are watching on the screens yeah. at the end. Well, hold on. Let's get to that, because <laughs> should we just clean, clean up any of these yeah. other little interactions that aren't um, Captain Iker Mara? Because I think we pretty much talked about a lot of them. Tom Marilyn, the, the the Danish priest, he gives the he's given that little speech. We already talked about... Angel and Crester's interaction, mm-hmm. and then the sister comes in. Like we already cleaned that up. Yeah, Jerome's uh, Ling, been okay, locked so, away. Right, Ling Yi and Lucian have that weird interaction when Mrs. Right. Wilson shows up. I don't. I think we mentioned it, but I don't really know if there's anything else to say no, there. He's just he's an OG weeb. I thought that he was a little mean to with Mrs. Wilson, dude. Yeah, he was like, never. I'd never be that. Desperate. Never in my life would I be that desperate. It's like she's not that. No, she's not. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, and I guess we Jimmy did mention it, but we do get multiple scenes of the crew having conversations behind Captain Ike's back, questioning him, questioning right. what they should actually do. They do say the Big Beard does say, um, you know, like they should have let him go after the tragedy. Like you can't, you know, kind of recover from that. The first mate seems to be he's kind of losing his trust in the captain. The Adam Driver. Like. Or are you talking what? about the other one? Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, that's the other one. Yeah, you know, yeah, the that's the other guy one. guy that looks like Adam Driver? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and they do have, at the end of this, they have a conversation that, like, we should just sink the boat ourselves. Like, right. they might just go rogue and sink Prometheus. And I don't even think we actually explicitly said that they got a message from the company saying, sink mm. ship. <laughs> True. True. Now, and that's the craziest thing, and we talked about almost everything around it. We just didn't bring <laughs> yeah. up that. Like, he goes to Olick and says, yo, on the DL, get me those answers about the coal. He, he's saying this to himself with more. He's saying, why do they want me to sink this ship? You know, this is really sketchy. There's a lot of sketchiness to this. And the other thing is that they see for a while that they're trying to get in touch with the company, and they're saying, like, radio silence from the company and then the first thing they say is only sink ship. 
And then, so obviously the captain right now thinks like this trip was specifically for that. And they knew where it was. Mm-hmm. Is that where mm-hmm. you guys top of took? the compass is freaking out. That's all happening around this time too, where you yes, can't really yes. get a good. I think that's, that's interesting that you, so you're saying that, yeah, the whole point that they sent out the Cerberus was so that they, it would find a Prometheus and sink it. Yeah. Cause he does say like, Hey, you know, we don't have a ton of freight like this. This is not a profitable route right now at all. Like the company's right. losing money, sending us to New York right now. That's how but, I took it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's I think that was that was a good way, I think, to read between those lines for sure. Well, the captain does say like the current would have taken the ship south, but it it's, shouldn't be where it is. Yeah. yeah, but it's north. So like, how is that possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the weird thing here that we have to get answered is how did Daniel survive for four months on the ship? How did this little kid where the hell is all the other all the crewmates, the people on the ship, the a thousand people on the ship. And my other question is, is that what a ship would look like after four months of being in? No, in, 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 yeah, definitely in, not. So you took it like, again, it could have something been like a, a time travel thing where it's been sitting there for years or something. Yes. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like where they didn't find any bodies. One. Yeah. yeah not one body. So yeah, we're going to, and they like, found Nina's actual ribbon, dude. What's yeah. going on here? Yeah, has she ever been on a <laughs> boat before? Maybe she has been on a boat. I don't know. Let's just jump right to the all hands on deck meeting part two. That's kind of like the last like clip of scenes um, when he just okay. tells them we're we're towing this back to Europe. Walks out. I mean, I guess again we did really cover all this because we did have the Angel and Ramiro scene. We talked about that. That kind of confirmed what what we probably were thinking at the along the end of episode one. What else? The Dane, the the little Dane gets led and killed by daniel he says yeah. i'm so sorry which means that he is doing a it cold for a very killer. very specific reason right right the whole entire crew and all the passengers don't want to go back they think it's stupid they think it's not what should be done so i feel like the captain's definitely gonna have to deal with like some kind of mutiny situation at some point mm-hmm. this is gonna be skipping towards the end a little bit but i'm working when... at the end right now yeah, they, yeah, exactly. So we're, we're, we have Angel and Ramiro in the room and they start doing the damn thing. And then it zooms in on the painting. Like when I s- say these things in my head, I don't think that it's the answer. Right. But I was like, is somebody watching? Like, is there like a peephole or something? You know, because they all keep saying no one's watching. And they even say it in that room again. They're like, you know, no one's in here. It's just us or whatever. So I took it like someone was watching. Now, I didn't take it like there's a camera in the painting. But I thought oh, there was like a peephole and people are being watched on this ship. Now, what's now, the reason for that? I don't know. Now that you say that too, just like even the word camera, were they actually filming things at this level no. in, in 1899? No, no, that's why I'm saying it's not 1899. That's the yeah. joke. That's what I'm saying. There's no way that they're filming no. anything. I mean, we're talking about yeah. silent films uh, almost, like, right? Shit, yeah. yeah, I think so. When's Charlie Chaplin like, been a thing? Like, I remember, remember, isn't that like the 20s? That's in the 1900s. Yeah. When's, what's yeah. the first movie? The first Probably movie the early ever. 1900s. Like, Ooh, this is, the this first is totally... movie, the first movie ever, 1888. <laughs> that's, that's 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 a film movie that's not a a live feed of a ship do you want to know yeah. how long it was it was Five two it's 2.11 seconds long <laughs> nice. i wonder if it was good yeah actually yeah, we could watch we it binge it it might be uh, i might be looking at the wrong thing yeah we do a whole podcast episode on the first yeah, movie right. we ever made <laughs> that's a good point though and, and again with, 
with when you said always watching too, it reminded me of when Mara is talking to the little boy and she recalls that moment from her past that her father, who's this mysterious figure that they're kind of pushing on us a little bit, has left her in the woods overnight. And she has yes. an interesting answer about it where she's like, I wasn't mad that he left me or lied to me. I was mad that I thought I wasn't being watched for the first time, but I was. Right. He took that away from me. Yeah. And that was a very interesting answer, mm-hmm. I thought, because it's like that mm-hmm. you feel like automatically you'd be mad that he lied or that he literally left her in the woods for the night. But no, it was all about the fact that she thought that she was alone, but wasn't. I don't know, man. That's what though. That was what I was saying. Is it really 1899? Like the video feed thing is definitely weird. I mean, the video feed thing can't be real for a long time. So like the 90s, uh, <laughs> like the 80s. Yeah. Maybe. So I it was I really, colored. I saw the, the pan to the painting and I said, you know, is there people? And then they pull out to the videos feed. And I was like, everything's di- changed. My entire yeah. thought process is different. Yes. I was like, oh, my gosh. The yeah. entire thing changed right here. I don't know what the hell is going on. My last note just says, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, mine says, holy fucking shit, full body chills on the screen. Like, for, this is insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I feel like the look, again, we just talked about everything and my emotions are high, but was the look, like the camera angle for the captain was dead on, right? Or was yeah. it from above? No, it was his face. Like, it, Yeah. And Daniel led him to that spot to be inside of the video fuck yeah because he does say he says sorry to ada yeah because this is when he is going to see that ada's dead Mm -hmm. that's the last thing we see from the captain this could be like the hunger games where they're just like many cameras all over the place and they're just being watched and it's actually they're in a they're in a dome right now and it's the hunger games and it's countries instead of the it's countries instead of districts yeah yeah and that's why he's Dude, like you're portuguese not spanish you fucker yeah you can't represent spain this, in the hunger games this scene took this to the next level and like yeah. i was expecting it to get to the next level but like already my whole perception like you're saying jimmy just flipped like in a second like this is not to me, I, I mean, I guess it still could be the insane asylum even more now. Yeah, well, that's but... what made me go even more so after you said it. Like, I didn't think about mm-hmm. it until you said it. But then when you said it, I was like, the camera is like, oh, my gosh. I, I don't think anymore. When I was going into this and I was watching even episode one and a half, I was like, this could be easily just some kind of like creepy ghost ship, certain spot, you know, like basically like saying what you said, Luke, the Bermuda Triangle situation. They're just telling a story about what could happen in a weird spot in the world or something. But now with the cameras and all this kind of stuff, there's just totally different, totally different. Yeah. And we're going to be talking at the finale being like, Oh my gosh, we thought yeah. it was freaking uh, an insane asylum or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I have anything left in me. My final like tinfoil theories. Theory, yeah. For it. yeah. I'm here. This takes place in the dark universe and we're going to get Whoa. some level of connection at the fucking end of the of se- uh, season. That'd be amazing. That would be sweet. And we can't say what kind of connection it could be without spoilers, yeah. but I can't. <laughs> it won't be, but yeah, I would cry. Yeah, it would be awesome. Be crazy. I think I would cry. Yeah, I guess it um, can't be because <laughs> the actors, but <laughs> yeah. all right. Is that a, is that all she wrote? Nothing. Uh, Nothing else anyone wants to throw onto the wall before we can finally, finally watch episodes three and four. <laughs> I want to say rip to Ada, man. They they, yeah. they gave us a nice uh, a nice little character right there, and and she it's it definitely made us sad that she was killed off. You know, she was a little child that wanted to become a doctor, and they hardly gave her any scenes. But you actually felt something for when she got killed off, and when Daniel says, "I'm so sorry," so oh, yeah, for sure, you know, good for them. 
Yeah, she was like the good one. She was one of the good ones for yeah, sure. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it goes against almost Luke's point that all of like the good working class people <laughs> usually make it to the end. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Ada gets clipped episode two. But um Yeah, she's I guess, the first clip. Yeah. And it'll be it's interesting be- to see how the family responds. They're very religious. Exactly. Um mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. they did mention Anchor, aka Tom Marilyn, aka the priest, does say that Tove or Tova's uh baby her pregnancy he said it's god's child and at first i was like whoa what's going on with that but i'm now i'm thinking it could just be they're just religious so yeah that's just i just think it's the religious yeah yeah when i first heard it i made me think that like there was they were thinking there was something really special about her baby right 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 some type of prophesized baby and i could Mm -hmm, be mm -hmm. definitely reading too much high fantasy in my life but no, that would be awesome too. That <laughs> That's awesome. the way I'm taking it because it's, it's more the fun. princess that was promised, man. Yeah, exactly. Is, is Daniel's reasoning for bringing the cat, like the attention to this little dead daughter, daughter, this little dead Danish girl, it, it is either for the camera purposes and like he's like aware of all this, like and is trying to facilitate whatever's going on there, or it is to actually start inciting the mutiny riots and make the Danish people start freaking out and cause yeah. that that rift. So that's it could true. be either one of the two, but that seems yeah. a little bit like, eh, I guess that could be the answer of why he killed her. I mean, does he want to just turn, turn the Severus into the Prometheus? But why? Also could be that. Right, and then right, it just right, like right. rinse and repeat. And then like at the he end, feeds like, off he the souls of the, the, of the travelers, dude. Ooh, I actually <laughs> wouldn't hate that. Cause where'd the bodies go? I mean, we also have the whole situation where if we're wondering if he's trying to make this riff a thing, like, you know, you make the, the Danish people pissed. Then you make the crew mm-hmm. members mutinous. Then you make the, the people, the passengers pissed. I mean, he even does go to more and he's like, yo, this captain doesn't know what he's doing. We should not be turning around here. So whether he's trying to yeah. plant that seed in her head and piss her off, or if he's actually like, doesn't want him to turn around. I don't know. Like, does he want the ship to blow up or see, yeah. you know, the way I, it, that the company wants it to it's. There's too much, man. It's too it's, much right now. It does seem like the only, I think, inkling of motivation we have is all centered around Mara. He has the picture of her. He knows where her room is. He shacks up next to her. He's always by her door asking her questions. So it's got to be something with Mara. Yeah. Which And her big thing, now, now that she said that to us, is about being watched. So yeah, it seems like he might be involved with the whole cameras thing. All right. So that is our coverage of uh what episodes one and two of 1899 dropping on netflix uh these shows are kind of tough for us like we mentioned in the beginning that everyone can just binge them so if you're following along with us we appreciate you uh thanks for being part of the binge town team um we cover a ton of other shows we just got done wrapping what house of the dragon uh, rick and morty's coming back jesus vampire academy just ended we did that i mean almost every show you can think of obviously besides dark like we talked about in the beginning um, you can follow us on our socials at Bingetown TV on what Twitter and Instagram, um, YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. If you are not, feel free to comment. We try to get to all of them. We'd love to hear your theories about everything. Tell us why we're idiots. Tell us why we're geniuses. Um, if you're listening on pod, like a, what Apple Podcast, Spotify, whatever else you're on, subscribe. You'll get notifications immediately when we drop these episodes. So then you can know. Uh, that these these idiots are talking about 1899 again. Um, <laughs> there's three of us right now. There's seven of us total in Bingetown. I would assume we'll be joined by others so we can get some more variety, maybe in theories. They might come on and tell us we're dumb for something. They'll catch some things, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, so that's all I got. Yeah, thanks for listening and uh, stay tuned for episodes three and four. 
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 